I'm Don Whitlock and welcome to the GDI podcast, the online dating show presented by the industry's leading trade publication. Each week I'll be speaking to a variety of fantastic guests about how their products have changed the lives of single people all over the world. I also need to tell you about Realme, the brilliant sponsor of the GDI podcast. Realme is doing something important for the online dating world by making it safer, and that means more people will feel comfortable using dating apps and connecting during this unprecedented time. I'll tell you a little bit more about Realme later on in the episode, but for now, you can visit therealme.com forward slash dating. On today's episode of the GDI podcast, I'm joined by Zach Kassler, who is the co-founder and CEO of The Round, a startup dating app that not only connects compatible singles, but it also helps them organize the best first date location to suit their personalities. The round concluded 2019 by wrapping up a pre-seed funding round, but because of all the events this year, plans had to be delayed and altered slightly, specifically for a dating app that aims to get people on offline dates as soon as possible. Zach is here to talk about his history in the dating industry, what this year has been like for the round, and what he hopes to accomplish in the near future. So Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, and uh, where in the world are you joining us from? I'm joining you from Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm at my apartment right now, so you might hear the occasional car pass by. It's on a main street, but, you know, it's decently nice out here. We've been in, uh, you know, mild quarantine since the lockdown has started. Thank God uh, it hasn't been that bad comparatively to the Northeast. That's good to hear. Obviously, uh, we're based out of the UK and, uh, yeah, we've just ended our second lockdown as well. So, yeah, we're all on the same page here. Uh, so I gave you a quick introduction uh, to the round there. So could you uh, tell us a bit more about it in your own words and explain how it works? Yeah. So the round is a really interesting piece of technology. I spent the last seven years using other dating apps and understanding the psychology behind them. And my team and I, we looked to design something that we believed was a humane piece of technology, one that didn't require your attention constantly in order to produce results. What came out of that was the round. It was a time box dating app that looked to get you in the app on a date with someone in less than 10 minutes. So what the round does is every single day at a specific time that we decide, uh, we have a matchmaking series where you can look at people's profiles left and right. Um, You say yes or no to up to 15 profiles. And at the end of this little window, we decide whether or not you have a match based on compatible results. If someone liked you and you like them back. And after you've been matched, we then have curated date experiences for you and your match to do both virtually and in person, uh, socially distanced and safe as well. So the total package, you get a person you know, that you're, you're really interested in because we only give you one out of all of them that you've picked and an amazing experience to do and a time to do it within the next 48 hours. So it's very quick. It's very efficient. I would almost think of it as you know, HQ trivia meets Uber meets Airbnb experiences for dating. It's a, it's a weird comparison, but you know, it happens all at the same time. It's a utility like Uber. You're not trying to, you know, look at cars on Uber all day long. You're using Uber when you'd like to go from A to B in the same respect you'd use ours when you'd like to go on a date. And then at the end, we have some amazing experiences that we've curated um, kind of like Airbnb experiences. So it really lines it up. It makes it so the small talk is reduced to a minimum that you're not matching with 50 people and leaving 49 of them hanging. 
um, it's just it's supposed to improve upon all the things that can cause psychological burden, emotional burden from the other dating apps, addiction cycles, swiping endlessly. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely designed differently. We are really uh, really excited for that. So it's it's a dating app that was basically created to combat dating fatigue, um, like you said, to stop people from continually swiping, continually messaging, and not actually uh, getting anywhere with their dating lives. Um, how did you identify this as an issue within the industry, and why is it something that you wanted to fix? So as a dating app user myself, anecdotally, I've experienced it. Um, I also have dozens of friends who have gone through the cycles. Um, it's you know joked about online about re-downloading a dating app for the 40th time because you've deleted it and thought you were you know good off it. Then you went back on it, found out that it wasn't satisfactory. Um, it's an issue because the monetization strategy for every single dating app that exists in the industry plays off of the emotional discomfort of a, of someone you know they consider a user, someone they they have on there who is not going to achieve the results they're looking for. Um, the business model is not aligned with the user's goals. It's aligned with the user remaining addicted, single, hooked, swiping. You know the you know Tinder can serve more ads and get you to subscribe if you're not getting matches, not getting proper chats, and you have to go back to the pool of people every single day for 30, 40 minutes. So it's in their interest to keep you on. Uh, why is that something I'd like to fix? Um, I believe we should spend less time on our phones. Uh, I believe that we should not be making money off people's attention. I think that that is going to continue to lead us down a really bad path as society. Um, you know, evidenced by the social dilemma and the people who are, you know, working on companies like Facebook, Twitter, Google, they know that they need to get your attention and they've optimized all of their algorithms to do just that. And I don't think dating is a place where that needs to happen as well. So your early launches have happened in your home city of, of Austin, Texas. Could you tell us uh, what progress has been like over the past few months? Yeah. Oh my God. We've, um, we've been seeing about 12% growth every single week since we've started this. It's growing pretty fast. Um, we actually have been throwing large outdoor in-person socially distanced events. And we've had up to 500 people come out to a single event. Everyone's spread apart six feet, you know, doing things like yoga. Uh, we had a comedy show that we did in the park and everyone sat on their own blankets apart from each other. Um, it's been really great. The technology also worked quite well. We had our private beta and uh, the results on that was awesome. We saw people really excited to use it and successfully going on dates within minutes of matching. Um, it was described to us by two of the participants as the most efficient use of time on a dating app they had ever spent. And these were people who have been on all of them. Uh, so that's something that we kind of pride ourselves on. It's, it's weird it's to, to think about efficiency, um, but it's very important if you're looking to make meaningful matches that actually convert to dates. Um, you can't have that time where two people play games, two people lose interest. So, um, you know, our progress in our, our home city has been really great. We're, you know, nicely adopted out here and we're looking to continue to grow. Uh, that's brilliant. Um, and as I mentioned at the top, uh, at the end of last year, you raised just over half a million dollars in pre-seed funding. Uh, I'll say congratulations on that, by the way, because that's, that's obviously a really good sign for a startup uh, in the dating space. Uh, what can you tell us about how that money was raised and how it was used to uh, develop the round? 
Um, it was raised primarily in two parts. The first part was a little bit more painstakingly hard than the second. Um, it was used to develop earlier iterations of products that eventually became the round. And then the second half of the money was raised uh, in a single check after a few dinners with someone who really believed in what we believed in. Um, and that was used to develop what we have now as well as continue to market it and continues to provide salary to my team and I. Um, so yeah, that is, is still going on and we're actually uh, opening up our seed round, which will be hopefully about five times what we have raised in the past. Um, it's going to be happening very soon. Wow, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, good, good luck with that. Uh, obviously, your, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, obviously, your main premise was to get people meeting offline as soon as possible. Um, with the pandemic, lockdown, social distancing, you really haven't been able to do that. Um, so you, you mentioned these uh, sort of big offline events uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, how, how did you pivot your product specifically to make sure it was compatible with the world in, in 2020? So it was interesting. The the pandemic, my co-founder and I were at Home Depot buying masks in January. Um, we both had taken early caution to this. Um, my co-founder, Brian, is ex extremely, extremely smart and predicted that this would be not a good thing. <laughs> so um, we immediately started going into what our product would be doing. And at the time, our product had mainly focused on sending people to restaurants, coffee shops, and bars. So the interface, as far as it goes, still was the same, match you with someone and then find something for you to do. But the something for you to do was limited to restaurants, coffee shops, and bars. So we looked at each other and we said, why not have it do virtual dates? Why not have it do virtual experiences? And then why not? And we thought about it and we said, why not have it do in-person experiences as well? But Primarily, it was it was a really small interface change um, and a slight modification to the way we ingest data on the back end. Um, it allowed us to offer any sort of thing you could possibly imagine as a dating experience, and not just peg it to a restaurant, coffee shop, and bar. And that was the real the real pivot, if you will, or the real you know iteration that was successful. Um, we wanted to make sure that it was compatible with people who are not comfortable going out. So we also built in a, a link to a video chat. So if you really wanted to video chat with someone for your first date, you could do it through our app. Um, our app already had a chat function, you know, that we kind of deprioritize, but it exists. So that's fine. Um, and then, yeah, so some of the experiences that we provide, they're virtual. Um, you can go get two cocktail kits delivered to each of your houses, respectively. And, you know, on a Zoom call, be taught how to make a specific cocktail. You can go watch a French opera together on a date virtually, if you'd like, um, you can do a straight up video chat. Um, you know, we've integrated everything from playing games on your phone together, depending, like, depending on the type of person, all of these types of dates resonate differently. Some people are really up for that. Um, so it's, that's, it's actually forced us to get really creative with it. And we've really appreciated what it's done for us. Uh, if that makes sense. We, we think that the, the stress of having to really think critically about our product um, from the pandemic has actually resulted in a much better product. I'd like to take a quick moment to tell you about our sponsor, Realme, a tool that helps cultivate safety and security on online dating apps. With cuffing season in full swing, it's likely you're overlooking some major red flags while you're swiping right. 
Avoid matching with a stage five clinger or even worse, getting reeled into a romance scam by visiting therealme.com forward slash dating to learn more about how to protect yourself this holiday season. Now back to the interview. And uh, what are some of the other big challenges that you that you faced while uh, trying to launch a business or, or a dating app in the middle of a pandemic? So the biggest issue is that it's pandemic plus election cycle. So digital channels are, and then and also not to discredit anything that's happened with the racial inequality in America, there's been a, a very small window of opportunity for someone to advertise digitally. Most of the digital ad space this year was bought up by presidential campaigns, election you know, campaigns for governors, et cetera, advertisements about the coronavirus, um, other things where it's been hard to talk online digitally and make our voice heard. So what we've you know, resulted in is doing things in person and having people spread the word about what's going on in person as in place of our advertisements, if you will. So we'll create, you know, some sort of poster flyer about the event we're having, and people will share that. Um, those have been a, a few big challenges. Our team has always been relatively remote, so the co-location for work actually hasn't been such an issue. Um, one of our team members did move down to Austin at the very start of the pandemic, and then got stuck there for five months. Uh, you know, from New York, New Jersey. So it was actually really interesting for them. They faced the challenge. Uh, unable to go back home because their parents were not comfortable with it. Um, and then, yeah, it's interesting. We actually launched a an online web TV series called Pandemic Love. We, in April, had pivoted. Um, there was a group called Love is Quarantine. Um, those were actually a couple of our friends uh, out of New York, and they had started an Instagram matchmaking thing where they were pairing random people up to go on Instagram dates. And we, at the same time, had built a web version of this. Um, and we ended up running 13 seasons with, you know, an average of about four episodes a season. You know, some had three, some had six, um, where we would do a round-style dating event virtually where you would hear audio for the first two dates and then do a video reveal at the end. Um, and it was just one of those things where so many challenges created by having to think way differently than just running social ads. Um, we didn't, you know, we weren't able to go take over a bar or go to a fraternity and a sorority and, you know, get them to download our app immediately um, because nothing was happening in person. It was all digital and a lot of the digital airways were blocked. So that was really it. It's a, and we're still facing challenges about, you know, getting more media. A lot of the media uh, is still focused on what is going on with the election, what is going on with the virus and, uh, how tech relates to both of those things. And, you know, it's there's only so many times you can spin this story that way. The round has an ambassador scheme called Insiders that basically gets people to help you find the best local date locations. Uh, this is something that I think is quite unique uh, within the industry. So um, just tell us, how does that work? The Insiders, uh, it's an ambassador program. We have a group of individuals who are really passionate about what they're doing. They recognize that our mission is to truly change how dating apps operate and how they affect people. And they are people who are interested in helping spread the word about the app, as well as help curate experiences for us. And uh, it works pretty simply. You apply, we have an interview with you, we explain the responsibilities of being an ambassador, uh, you know, an insider. And if you're accepted, then you're brought into a private community of ours. Uh, we have weekly touch base meetings, discussions, 
and we've, we've taken our uh, insiders to dinner. Uh, when things open up a bit more, we'll be doing a bit more activities with them. Uh, they get access to all of our events firsthand. Um, but there's an, you know, an expectation that they're going to uphold the values of the brand. They're going to uphold what we believe in and help share that with their communities. Uh, and you know, in return for that, they're getting everything from dining credits, swag, uh, to you know, events and experiences that we have whenever we have sponsors that want to offer things to our insiders, you know, they're able to benefit from that. Um, yeah, it's just small community. It's really nice because it's, uh, it's nice to find people that really be believe in what we're doing and are willing to give their time in uh, for it. So uh, I think brand ambassadors are pretty essential for tons and tons of brands. Um, you know, there are definitely other dating apps that do have brand ambassadors, um, but we, we definitely love ours. And I just wanted to quickly touch on your history in the online dating industry. Uh, you previously co-founded an app called Dinder in 2016 that was uh, sort of effectively uh, the round, uh, an, an early stage of the round. Um, unfortunately, uh, Tinder came came knocking. They didn't really uh, like the use of that name. So I was just wondering uh, how that played out and why you didn't let it dampen your spirit to find a position in the dating market. So it's really interesting. Uh, the app called Dinder initially started off as people swiping on pictures of food and figuring out where to eat. Um, it was Tinder for dinner, as we jokingly refer to it internally. Um, it was well received by people, but it was not a sustainable tech product. It was impossible to scale. Um, and it was very poorly designed. It was my first crack at designing user experience in 2016. Um, I wasn't you know, as experienced as I am now. Uh, we ended up evolving it a few times, uh, centered around the, the focus of bringing people together to eat. And that was really, you know, that's kind of the same thing as the round. Like we love bringing people together. Um, we believe that, you know, moments are best shared in person. And Dinder was the first embodiment of that. Um, I had been speaking to someone at Match.com who was pretty high up in their kind of like incubator lab um, the whole time. Uh, at you know, to use a Tinder match, and we had had multiple video chats. Um, we got to know each other, and he thought the idea was clever. And consistently, it was told that you know, if we have some good traction on it, we should continue to talk to them, so on and so forth. Uh, and they kept tabs on us as we iterated, and we iterated, uh, and finally got to a point where Tinder was a dating app because we found out that the the easiest way to bring two people to get together to eat food and drink together was actually through a date. It wasn't through a, a newly made friendship. So we had kind of been in touch with them throughout this. We actually had a trademark from the USPTO that was, you know, for the name Dinder. Um, and in January of 2018, we launched Dinder as a dating app right before South by Southwest in Austin. And over the next five months, we saw a pretty large influx of users. We had about 7,000 come on in the next five months, um, which is pretty decent for a starting dating app uh, with $0 to spend in marketing. And we actually got a lot of press. Um, there was days where we were waking up and we had, you know, Vogue, Vanity Fair, Cosmo, Biz Inside, like all these things popped up overnight. Um, and that I think did a little bit more damage than the actual app because the the press oftentimes compared our app Dinder to Tinder. So at some point in June 2018, um, 
we got a cease and desist from the company uh, citing that it was too similar. And I think it had to do with a lot of the press that they saw because, you know, there's some clippets of articles in there. And then later on that year, we saw that they launched Crown Dating, which was a replica of our dating app. Uh, they decided to leverage some of our ideas, including the fonts that we used for a dating app of their own. Uh, their math was flawed and the dating app didn't actually work. Um, the way that they had done their matchmaking algorithm, uh, they gave you a one in 64 chance of actually getting a match, which is not sustainable um, from a dating perspective. So they ended up folding that, but uh, we thought it was comical because uh, they knew about us the whole time, you know, and only then did they choose to, to act. Um, so it didn't let us dampen our spirits. We, we still had what we believed to be an incredible premise and a really great mission behind us. Uh, so it was, it was actually a really, it was actually really great. We appreciated them sending a cease and desist. It caused us to think extremely critically about our product, uh, as well as our brand and kind of what our brand stands for. And instead of being kind of seen as a parody, you know, of a, of a dating app the whole time. Uh, it allowed us to regroup, rebrand as the round, come out as something of our own. You know, we're never compared to anyone. Um, and that's something that's really valuable. Uh, when you're introducing your app, it's hard when they're like, oh, so it's like Tinder. No, it's not. It's vastly different. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of what happened. Um, you know, we went through going back and forth with them on, uh, you know, seeing if there was any money to be had about rebranding it. And ultimately, we just decided to kind of, you know, say, all right, we'll you know, relaunch as something else. So it's so an interesting scenario to be in. It's great that you uh, sort of managed to turn something that would have initially be seen as a negative into, into something so positive. And, and yeah, you're left with the, the product you have today, which is, uh, like we said, is, is going really well. What are your main goals for the round in the next uh, sort of year or so? So in the next year, our goals for the round are um, expand to a handful of cities across the U.S., raise our seed round, uh, make sure we have really good product market fit. Uh, and as well as, you know, product market fit, make sure that it's not a product that is determined to keep people addicted and is dependent on that. Um, so it's really designed humane technology for dating and, you know, get people to recognize that. Um, and that's kind of what we what we plan to do in the next year or so, you know, fill out the rest of the team um, where we have some gaps and, you know, make sure that we're continuing to move forward and stick to our true north of getting people together to share experiences, you know, as quickly as possible. Now, as someone who has uh, obviously worked on a, on a couple of different apps, uh, what's your best piece of advice for any aspiring entrepreneurs who are, who are working on their own dating product? So for people working on their own dating products, um, I really challenge you to analyze what you're making and see how it's different. And I often see people fall into the caveat of finding new ways to match people, be it based on, you know, songs they like or things they hate or, um, but at the end of the day, the mechanism is the same, you know, it spits someone out into a chat, which gives you the same problems for, you know, we see in current dating apps. So if you're going to make your own dating product, which I don't necessarily advise, it has been an interesting journey thus far. Um, it's to, really understand how it's different and then also understand how the psychology of dating apps plays into your mechanism and if yours can even be successful based on the psychology that's needed for a successful dating app. Um, my recommendation is, you know, try other ideas first. 
Well, uh, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and telling our audience all about the round. Uh, where can people go if they want to find out more? So if people want to find out more, our Instagram is at jointheround. Um, our website is also jointheround.com. Uh, we can be found on the iOS app store as well. Um, and those are the three primary places where you can go. We do have, you know, a LinkedIn, a Twitter, an AngelList, but um, those will be the places where you're going to get the most updated information. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been enjoyable. That's all from us today. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your colleagues and other professionals in the industry. I'll be back soon with another guest and another episode. In the meantime, keep up to date with all the latest online dating news by following us on Twitter at global underscore dating or by visiting gdi.news. Please also make sure you check out Realme to find out how they're working to keep the online dating community safe. Visit therealme.com forward slash dating for all the information.